so dingo. I uh, talk to me. Yeah, well, yeah, but I'm I'm just confused. About about what? Because well, because you're here. Earlier this morning, I came out onto the balcony before we did all the like way way earlier today before any of you would have been here. Well, Fly was still out in her little tent from last week, hanging out, and I just got out here a few minutes ago with bees and didgeri stew for this week's episode getting coming out to get flyer and be like hey we're gonna record and you're here okay what happened to fly <laughs> did you boot her off i think i know i, mean, we, 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 I got an idea i see Talk to me. tell me so i think we all know the <laughs> flies anything can be out of this See, Fly, Fly's been Fly, Fly's been camping on the balcony for a while. Been spying out, take, taking some long shots, taking out the competition. That's basically an archer, right? Oh, okay. Wait, and you know on. what we do? Yeah, and, and, and you know what we do to archers. Oh, I know what wow. we do. To archers. Oh. <laughs> I should have known that's what you were going for. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. Oh, all right. It's uh, episode 32, Balcony Banter. We're back, folks. How's it going, you guys? Welcome back. We're back, and the foul skeleton dingo has risen from his horrible depths, returned from the Shadow Realm, apparently, <laughs> to remove Fly from her little her little camp like, yet again. I mean, it was my camp to begin I, with. I fear, I fear to know what you've done to our Poor little insect. Oh, uh, you were fine out eventually. That sounded, <laughs> sounded more like an insult than it was meant to. <laughs> oh, tiny insect. <laughs> Our little grub. Poor, poor insignificant little flea. No, she's not uh, insignificant. Fly does a lot of good work for dang. us on our Twitter. <laughs> Just throwing uh, her under the bus. No. Can't believe you. No. How could you do this? I certainly wouldn't. If anyone's throwing fly, it's Dingo, and he's doing it right off the fucking balcony. But she can fly. Well, can I guess... you really throw something off if they can fly? I mean, you can. You could definitely attempt to. I mean, maybe that's what that one person thought in Toronto. I think who threw the chair off the balcony onto the highway. What the fuck? Oh, Did you not hear that? that? I fucking. Maybe I might have just forgotten. Yeah. There's a very good chance I forgot if I did, but wow, yeah, yeah some bozo stupid. in Toronto took like I think a folding chair, I want to say, and just said yeet, threw it on she the bow or the highway. Her. Yep, and it, like, it was like oh, a man, high, it was a tall story balcony, too. Was that on TikTok or face? Where did that get posted? I feel, I, like, be, I feel yeah. like that would be a TikTok, I assume so. I'm I telling you the youth, the youth these days. I don't. I don't even know what TikTok is. Like I barely know. I oh. know it's kind of like Vine at this point, but that's like all I really understand about the app and how it works. It's like a more complex Vine because, mm -hmm. like, yeah, you, you, it's the same concept really, but like, it's more. You can have up to a minute long videos. There's like music you can tag along to it. There's like different voiceovers, different filters. Oh, it's insane. Mm. Well, they also just got sued recently by uh, like this Canadian VO lady 
because they were using it i think it was tiktok they were using a bunch of a bunch of her samples that she had done for like a like chinese english language course and so they had based their like the tiktok like robot robot lady voice off of her uh interesting. just like just ripped all of her voice details for some repo somewhere and then she was like wait that's me and then they were and then they went oops and now <laughs> and now i've seen people like talking shit about the new robot voice on tiktok well, that was like uh, that's a lot of thing I see. A lot of tech companies tend to fucking do. Like, I know uh, it was a big thing. I think it was an Eddie Burback video. Uh, just a shout out to the source of where I heard about this from. Uh, I think it was San Francisco, I believe. It was because you know those little like electric scooter things, right? That you'll see around all the big fucking cities that are. Uh, you know, you have the phone app and you connect to it and you scan the thing and then you can ride the little electric scooter around have you guys seen that i think yeah. i know what you're talking about yeah it was yep. man when i was in copenhagen all over the fucking place it was nuts but yeah um i guess in san francisco like a bunch of these companies just were like fuck you we're not gonna care like we don't care if this is regulated or not if we're allowed to do this we're just gonna dump a bunch of our scooters all over the fucking place and it's become a thing where like now San Francisco has been like struggling to try and like deal with regulating these because there's all these companies that are just running this like like completely unregulated service with all these fucking things they just dumped around their streets everywhere and they go pretty fucking quick uh for yeah. what they are but at the same time they have to deal with the fact that a shit ton of their people just like you know sit like you know residents of the city basically are like using these day to day to like drive around and stuff like that and just get from place to place. Like there's, there's a lot of people in speed, probably in terms of tourism too, but a lot of people in their day to day using these. So it's kind of like, well, we don't want to take this away because people are going to be upset if we do. But at the same time, like we have this business just operating, like just kind of doing whatever the fuck it wants. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the big thing is like a lot of these tech companies, it's just like, we're just gonna do what we want to do and fuck everyone else and then when we get caught then it's like oh well whoops we didn't mean to it was a mistake yeah. kind of thing and i don't know there's some situations where yeah i can understand that the idea of it's better to ask forgiveness than permission you know sometimes it's you know it's it can be warranted maybe but i don't know there's a lot of times where i find they take that kind of mentality and take it way further than it should go well, um, I know another issue uh, similar to that is um, this uh, one new champion in the, the game League of Legends uh, called Seraphine. Uh, apparently, this one girl uh, was posting that like uh, Riot, uh, the company who makes League, kind of like stole her image to like make the character because like the there's like pictures that uh, they Riot has made of the character. And it's like apparently like pretty much like one for one recreations of like posts she's made online. Yeah, well, I mean fucking Fortnite too, right? Like they've been catching oh, yeah. shit oh, too yeah. for a lot of their like emotes and stuff like that are just like taken from like you know various pop culture things and like some of the stuff they've taken. I think you kind of you get into a little bit of a gray area, a little bit like some of it's just you know they're making a pop culture reference, and I can maybe see where it's coming from, but. At the same time, like, 
you know, there's the the guy from uh, Fresh Prince, uh, play Carlton. Like he was upset about them having the dance that he had come up with for the show on there. And I mean, at a certain point, like I can certainly understand where he's coming from. Like, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of people probably look at it as like, oh, it's just making a reference to it, whatever. And in some way, I think that's fair. But at the same time, like you know, you could have tried asking permission. It's still something he created, right? Like. There's there's still artistic value in that to to you know at least some extent I think yeah. it's you know still inherently an artistic creation of his whether it's you know just a, a goofy dance he did for a show or whatever it's still you know something he created himself that they're just kind of stealing and yeah. just not really worrying about it. If it was just kind of like in the game, I could understand, but like yeah, don't you have to like buy that shit, don't you? Yeah, most of the uh, dances yeah. you have to pay for, and yeah, yeah, so, that's, yeah that's, that's where that's see, where that, it gets yeah. scummy. That's when you're that, directly that. even even if like law doesn't support it, like it is scummy because that's someone else's work, and even if it isn't like like if it's not like under I guess like under copyright law or if it's not directly created by someone and uh, and that they own it per law, like it is still really scummy. Yeah, Ow. yeah no and that's definitely true and actually that's the aspect i wasn't even fully aware of that you had to like buy a lot of those i wasn't sure if there was like oh you know you might get these free even occasionally i guess but still like oh i know when the game first came out i want the one the base ones was like that stupid floss dance and like the guy who created that i think tried to sue epic i don't know if he i can't remember if he won or not yeah it's uh that, yeah, that was one of the base ones. But yeah, the other, the rest you get to like buy and stuff. And that's where it gets really shitty. That is gross. Yeah, I can't say I'm a big fan of Epic. Listen, they have enough money to throw just barrels and barrels and dump trucks full of cash at people to get legitimately good games. So yeah, and I mean, like, okay, here's the thing. Epic, mm-hmm. there's some shit I really don't agree with. Like, there, well, there. Okay, I'll say first and foremost, there's some points with Epic that I can agree with. One of those is that, like, the developers and people making the games deserve more of the money than the storefront that's selling it, which I think is fair because Steam takes a pretty a pretty decent cut. And I know they've been trying to make that argument with Apple. I really, I mean, that's that right there is kind of. That whole situation with Apple really reveals like their their true intentions, I think. But yeah, like I, I agree with that, especially in terms of indie devs. I don't care so much about the big AAA studios and stuff. They make shitloads of money anyways. Fuck them. But it, the indie developers especially, like that's good for them. They get a better cut on the Epic storefront than they do on Steam. That's good. I support that. And in general, them coming and trying to basically be like, hey, we want to be a serious competitor to Steam. I also think that's good. Steam needs competition. Steam has been like the top sort of de facto dog of the PC realm for too long. They don't have there. There's some shit with how they manage the storefront that I don't super agree with either necessarily, or I just maybe don't agree with, but just don't really think is uh, particularly good. Um, And I, I think that's good. But yeah, like that whole situation with Apple really shows where they're and, and their whole attitude with just throwing money around just to buy every exclusive that they can. They're they're not really trying to compete by bet- having a better product, and that's probably because their storefront's pretty fucking shit. 
like their their whole interface and everything the whole everything they have technically behind their storefront is is pretty weak compared to steam it's and, pretty, the whole it's pretty dog shit yeah yeah i'm yeah. not the biggest fan of yeah their like, interface what, and stuff when you're when your interface that you launched in 20 was it 2019 they launched the epic game store um 2018 or 2019 doesn't have a shopping cart <laughs> there is no, there is no way to get into the Epic Game Store and go, "Hey, I like these games, plural. Can I get them all?" No, you have to buy them one by one, and it's just, it's, it's yeah. really annoying. What one, like, e- e- Epic really, like, I, I guess probably their, their. I, I would be willing to bet that the friend stuff they have in Fortnite is way better than the stuff they have on the Epic Games launcher. Like the friend oh, stuff probably. in general is kind of it, it not kind of it is lackluster, yeah. and there's plenty of parts of that damn thing that are just really weird and annoying. <laughs> and as well, like hey, I I would have vastly preferred if Hitman Three had come out this year and had just been on Steam, because that would have saved me just a huge amount of trouble. Because one of the biggest yeah having competitive Steam is really good. There aren't that many of them. You've got, in terms of like downloadable storefronts, you've got GOG, you've got Itch, um, you got Itch.io, you've got Epic, and you got Steam, and there probably are others. But it's also Origin, I guess. Well, yeah, I, or- I wasn't. Re- yeah, I mean, getting into the they- other like publisher exclusive stuff, I yeah. don't know, because they, I like, I guess they kind of do like sell stuff through them, or they they were trying to kind of compete a bit with Steam, but I always found they were very like, especially Origin too. Um, was there anything other than Origin? Like, did Ubisoft have one that they tried to push? Ubi- I think uh, Ubisoft yes. did have one. They did. Uh, well, I think they did. Yeah. And just while we're mentioning Ubisoft, just a quick fuck Ubisoft as well. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry for everyone tech- who has who works at Ubisoft. I'm sorry yeah. that you you you're working there. <laughs> yeah. That. No. Fuck them. They protected sexual predators. It's fucked. Also, mm. fuck Konami, but that's just because they're a bad company. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just gonna throw that one out there too. Yeah, so like the the thing that I wanted to get at on exclu- ex- uh, exclusivity with Epic is that while it is good to have, it is good for the market. I think it's good for developers. I think to have that have more competition with Steam because Steam doesn't really care a lot of the time. It seems Steam is just kind of functioning a functioning money pit for Valve. Well, um, yeah, Steam Steam kind of knows that they'll always be on top. Like, yeah. There's like really nothing in theory yeah. better than Steam. Yeah, I can and, think of. And the big the the thing the thing for me and I, oh God, I I've still got this bone with uh, Hitman Three is that so I played Hitman One and Two on uh, Hitman Twenty Sixteen, Hitman Two on Steam, and had all my progress in 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 that launcher. And then when they went to go with Hitman Three on Epic, they the IO Interactive Group initially said, "Oh yeah, all of your progress is going to carry over." And then as if someone perhaps as if perhaps someone at Epic told them a week before the game was set to launch, uh, no, we actually can't do Hitman 2. Then suddenly IO had to go out there and say, okay, we aren't gonna you aren't gonna have your Hitman 2 progress. Because Hitman 1, 2, and 3 are have like a series of levels that inside of each of those levels there's like a mastery progress and there's unlocks and there's like tons of extra things to do in every single level, and all of your progress kind of carries over in in a, basically an IO account that you have. Except that for Hitman 3, there's no way to get that Hitman 2 content. And you can only transfer your progress once. 
So I transferred my progress, lost all my Hitman Hitman 2 progress, only have my Hitman 1 progress, and in theory, at some point in the future, maybe I'll get my Hitman 2 progress imported into Hitman 3. But not there now. So I, I was really excited about Hitman 3. I got it on Epic, and... It, it was a bit of a letdown on just the side of, okay, so now if I want to ever play something in Hitman 2 with anything I've unlocked, I have to do it on Steam, and now nothing I do there will carry over to, I guess, my main account with Hitman 1 and 3. So that stuff is just Damn. baffling and really annoying. Yeah. So, Ep- Epic sucks for that. Yeah, well, and that was the thing too, right? Because I mean, as much as they they talk a big game about trying to be there for the developers, be there for this, the whole fucking thing with Apple, which I know I mentioned a couple times, didn't really discuss up until now, but I'm getting to it now, is like it just really showed their true colors, right? Because they they went and they did this whole thing about oh, we're gonna fucking you know have it set up and trigger this thing like it's update for Fortnite on iOS to basically have payment shit go around the Apple Pay system and go right to us, which is, you know, against Apple's terms of service. But I can agree with them to a point where, yeah, Apple's, you know, their their policy of taking cuts and stuff, it's it's not good. And in a similar way to Steam, like it's it's not fair to the developers and stuff like that. And and sort of like, you know, there's there's issues with that with Google on on the Android side too. But like their whole thing around like yeah we're we're the the ones rebelling against this and we're we're standing up to to tyranny and stuff and they had this whole ad campaign like already lined up to fucking go as they were like then immediately turning around and like just just basically like like they they basically just triggered a series of court proceedings like as part of a marketing fucking gig to get a bunch more money and trying to basically pit their fan base against Apple and everything to put like pressure socially to like try and basically have their way win out, which while yeah, like what they're going for is maybe not necessarily a bad thing. It's ultimately just so they can get more money from another company, which both companies have like fucking ass loads of money, more money than any of us will ever see in our lifetime. And it's like, they're just, they're just fighting for table scraps basically. Did you guys follow? I, I only followed a little bit of the of of the of like their core proceedings. I don't think it's even done yet. But probably not. Yeah, like the opening day, um, a bunch of a bunch of like dumbass hacker kids um essentially found the zoom link for the for the court proceedings. And so the first like serious <laughs> Yeah, the first day was just a mess of people like ju- like just barging into the call and like screaming slurs and screaming swears and doing all the stuff that you would expect a young gamer capital uh, a slash four gamer uh, to be doing <laughs> and yeah it was one of those ones that I'm willing real, to bet real. The judge was real pissed off and going like oh epic these are these are your folks <laughs> <laughs> yeah well for real right and that's it uh because that that's what they're trying to do like they're literally just trying to like i i hate that whole thing of fucking corporations just trying to like like i saw this like quote thing that was like basically talking like 
like as though it's like a thing for companies like oh yeah turn like you know turn your your fans into zealots and like turn your your brand into a religion it's like this is fucked this is this is yeah. so wrong but so many corporations today that's the reality like that's how they want it to be oh it's all you know must fans <laughs> fuck, fuck me no we're not going there i refuse to go down this fucking rabbit hole now we've already gotten so deep into just bitching about corporal bullshit fuck elon musk my god does he ever i oh the more i see him now the more i just get irritated by him we're definitely not talking about the snl bit that was so long ago at this point it's not even <laughs> worth discussing I posted that in the discord and hardly anyone talked about it because it was so bad yeah really like it it was awful i saw a few clips and i didn't even watch that much of it and it's just like nah you know what <laughs> my time on this earth is far too limited to waste it watching elon musk try and be funny in a wario Dang. costume fail to be funny in a wario costume which is i would say a challenge because i feel like most people can be pretty funny in a wario costume well, I mean, I never, I didn't see the the skit, so I don't know like how bad it is. But I've only seen like pictures of it, and like just the, seeing the picture, like that's to me. But, yeah, I don't know the, like, yeah, what, what was behind it. You should watch it if you want to have a bad time. Oh god! <laughs> just like, just start, and it's not even like you'll you'll really be laughing at it. It's just you'll feel that like deep hit of your stomach cringe. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, you you, you almost want to curl up a little bit. Yeah. In the first five seconds, you'll feel the cringe. And then after that, it will just fade into this like nothingness and ennui as you kind of sit and ponder, like, why am I spending what my time doing? watching this? No, we're done. We're not talking anymore. We've already spoken too much about it. <laughs> We've now given at this enough point. time. It's just too way more than it deserved. Part okay, so all right, hard turn. Fuck fuck epic, but I did buy a game on Epic recently, uh, as we all did, uh, which I wouldn't necessarily... I don't know if I'd recommend buying this right now. I, I feel like at some point, uh, particularly when it gets released on Steam, uh, I would more strongly recommend it, because uh, there is a good game there. Um, and I know you you boys, uh, Dingo and, and Stu, have been waiting to, to talk about it. <laughs> We we have dove in deep into the the distant lands of the past, to the medieval battlefield of chivalry two. Oh yeah, <laughs> got some oh. great bones. The meat's a little rancid, <laughs> a little bit. Well, I don't. Okay, what? Well, hold on. So, I would. What would you call the meat though? Because I would you say the combat in the main system, like that, is the meat, and I think that meat is pretty scrumptious. The, the bone, the bones, and the meat are both great. Strong bones, great meat. Um, terrible circulatory system. Yeah, yeah. The the tendons and the connective tissues, so to speak. Then mm -hmm. the ones that the the networks they have some problems. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, it's just, it's just too much fat. <laughs> That's that's the problem. Yep. So yeah, yeah. We've, we've been playing a bunch of chivalry. It we does now, look interesting. Now, bees, uh, do you know? Do you know anything about chivalry? Uh, like I've seen like a gameplay trailer of it, and like some game or yeah, uh, gameplay and the trailer of it. 
other than that, not really. Uh, but I will say this: it does look interesting because, like, I've always wa- like wanted like a sword fighting medieval game like this, and like, n- yeah, now that well, I mean, you've talked about it before, but now that we're really gonna go in depth about it, I'm excited. Oh, it's man, it is a wild time. So, like, the the whole idea with chivalry basically is like you got two different armies, basically red team, blue team. And you're on these big maps, and yeah, it, you can play it first person, you can play it third person. But I would say most people probably play it first person, at least I tend to. I guess I don't know. What do you guys usually do? Do you play it first or third? I usually play first person. Yeah, because I, I don't know how to change it. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Occasionally I'll get trapped in third person and like panic. <laughs> I, I, I really prefer first person because um, I, I really like the. I really like how the combat, like the speed of the combat, and like, oh yeah, just the thrill of going, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, and then trying to just back up as three dudes <laughs> are attacking you. Oh yeah, it's, first person is real good. You, those you, are my favorite moments. You can die exceedingly fast, but you can also kill dudes really quickly too. Like you only take a few hits, and yeah, you you really can't be just rushing into a group of dudes because you're gonna get you're gonna get cut down pretty fast. It's like running at a group. Like this game is pretty realistic in its degree of danger because yeah, you run at a group of five dudes with swords. It's not going to be like most single player games where yeah, you can take them. No, you're going to get your ass handed to you, quite literally, once they slice it off your body. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of mechanics, a lot of physics. There's you know there's a lot of, you have like three different swings that you can do all with like different mouse inputs but you can also like do interrupts and you can do like sidestep dodges and you can block and there's all kinds of mechanics around like blocking and parrying and reposting and uh, you can do kicks to like break blocks and any weapon that you can grab including a lot of other random objects around the battlefield you can just fucking chuck at people <laughs> yeah, you can just run up and just like i had a fight last night while a group of us were playing and i uh, there was this dude who slipped away from me as i was trying to beat the shit out of him with my fucking uh pole hammer and he fucking started climbing down the staircase trying to scamper away and go bandage himself up and i just fucking whipped my fucking pole hammer at him and just he dropped and I died immediately after that because some dude came out of fucking left field and chopped my head off. But that's that's the chivalry experience. That's what we're here <laughs> for. And then ideally that person chopped off your head, grabbed it, and then threw it at someone else. Yeah, straight up. Yeah. That's it's, the it's, way. I'd be offended if they didn't. The flow of, <laughs> the flow of combat in that game is so fun. It's it's that 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 gif is from Gundam, right? Or the four panel meme of I'm a genius. Oh no. Yes. <laughs> it is that entirely where and like it, it's really tough. You can get into like you can get into a pack of enemies and if you get the parry at the right moment or if you're just lucky enough just clicking like mad and you get it, then you can get like a big sweep attack on everyone around you. But more more times more times than not, you'll get caught by a group of guys. Maybe you'll start doing really well. And then you'll just hear this splorch sound as someone comes in from the side with a spiked mace and just, <laughs> just explodes your head like a watermelon. And then sometimes you'll be running around and someone guy will throw a shield at you and then he'll throw a short sword at you. And then you'll get ragged all across the map as a ballista bolt slams into you from the side. Damn. It's like, I mean, the meme coming out of E3 this year was just chaos, chaos. <laughs> but 
that's chivalry has got like such great chaos in it and even like even like hey you can be doing like real bad in chivalry it's still really fun like oh yeah like the thing that makes it look really fun to me is like it's not your typical like games nowadays where it's like at most 6v6 or like 10v10 this looks this is like an army v army game the, the matches we generally play in are like 64 player matches like that's insane Oh, that's so good. incredible to me. Yeah, it gets pretty wild. Yeah. With that number of people, you end up with, and the, the, a lot of them are like, there are a few maps that are like a contained space, like there's an arena map. Um, but a lot of the maps are like, you progress through th- through a series of goals. So, your first, like, one team's first goal will be to like push some caravans forward, and the other team has to try to stop them. The next one is, oh, they might have to get some huge platforms with ladders up to the edges of a wall. And then after that, they need to rescue a bunch of people who are trapped in this village. And then the final, and then there's usually a final stage that it kind of feels like in chivalry, things are weighted towards the attackers until that final stage where the defenders, like the defenders spawn is a little closer than the attackers. And like, they got a little bit more momentum on the final, on the final area. But these are like huge maps. And one thing I absolutely love about the game is that when you have 32 against 32, you end up with pockets of fights. So you end up with like 10 people on both sides fighting in the middle. And then you have two groups on the right side of the map who are just having their own little melee. And you just break off and have these like 2v2s, 2v4s, like 4v6s. And it, it can be really, really satisfying when you're in those when you're in those like little fights on the side, and you manage to like kill the kill the dudes and make your way through, and then you've got a straight shot to like hit that main group right in the back, and just charge towards them, yes. get a big heavy attack, and just take out just take out a bunch of dudes before they even know what's happening. Ah, oh, it's so satisfying. And then I gotta say, a feature I really like in those final defense maps is the top player on that team gets to be essentially the final boss, and the defense team's objective is to protect him, and the other team just has to kill that guy. And it's it's kind of a cool reward for doing well in the game. It is definitely interesting. It's, it's definitely a challenge to have to defend that one person at the end, because they're, they're not... Like, yeah, they're a boss, but they're not any stronger than they ever would be at any other point. They just have to not die. Okay, yeah. Yeah, they they got more health, but they're still just as vulnerable to people throwing, like, essentially fire pots at them, and yeah. people shooting them with crossbows, and the one we were playing in uh, last night, that uh, you guys were on Mason and I was on Agatha, and like right. you guys got, you guys got really, really. It was like the final ten seconds that they that you guys held out on, and then like this, the defend the defensive line collapsed. A couple people threw their fire bombs in. They caught like the 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 boss dude on fire, and then it just like all fell apart in just the final seconds of the match. Oh my god, that was so infuriating too because <laughs> we were so fucking close. We we were every time we we had a couple of close calls where we almost held you guys back at some of the objectives. Otherwise, you guys were all pushing your fucking way up along. But then we we got to this final point. It was looking rough, but then we were we were starting to bring back when it was those last few seconds, like you said, 
And I was like, oh yeah, we definitely got this. He's still up. Like they're they're not gonna have time to get him. And then he fucking died. I saw the defeat screen. I was like, wait, what the fuck? We had this. <laughs> what happened? Surely oh. there's been an error. Yeah, there's nothing like thinking, oh, victory's in the bag. It, this is easy. Wait a minute. What do you mean defeat? What happened? Who dropped the ball? <laughs> fuck yeah. I find the nice thing about the 32 by 32 or against 32 is that even if you're not very good, because there's so many players, you don't feel like you're letting the team down. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely true. Because your contribution, while small, it won't matter that much, I guess, or if you're detrimental. Yeah. Like you can, you're you helping mess up like big picture. Like yeah. Even if you just play objective, just you're getting points and you're helping out, you're, you're going to do fine. Hmm. The only time that you can really feel like you're letting the team down. <clears throat> It happened to be a lot more in Chivalry One when you get on siege weapons, and you're you're trying <clears throat> you're trying to be a good siege user, you're trying to be a great siege engineer, and you launch catapult stone, and then you look up in the top right corner of your screen as you see that you've killed five of your own dudes, and the people <laughs> in, and the people in global chat start calling you an asshole. <laughs> I feel like, like they're. There was a match we played very recently, though, where someone was on Global Chat calling you an asshole, Stu. <laughs> I yeah, forget I who yeah. it was or why, but... I Yeah, no, we never figured out why. I think it, it might have been when I just I just stopped in the middle of the road, because I was trying to figure out if there was a uh, if there was a voice chat feature that I just missed and hadn't turned off, because I kept getting a message about spamming VO, uh, which is the screen button. So I think I was just standing still for too long and the guy got oh, pissy okay. at me. Have we talked about that at all yet? I'm surprised we haven't, if not. Screaming? Probably the best. Probably, really. I don't remember what you said there was the best feature before, Dingo. I don't remember what that feature was, but you're wrong. Because the best feature <laughs> of, of Chivalry 2, and just Chivalry as a franchise, is the Battle Cry button. And I was going to say... I love a good game that has a good just press this button and your dude shouts shit or makes some weird sound. Just it's yell. always good when games do that. And this game is no exception because, yeah, you, you hit the C key and you do your battle cry. And your battle cry is just the audio recording of a man screaming bloody <laughs> fucking murder. Just like the, the throatiest, the most just like blood-curdling scream of just, I am coming to fuck your day up. And then that's all you're hearing around you. Like like this perfect stereo sound of this this mass of bodies just screaming for bloodshed. But then after you do your cry, it echoes. And then everyone else that's running to the battlefield with you, they click on C and they do their battle cry. Yeah, and it's it, just this wave of battle cries. And it sounds like just it, it sounds like a huge crowd of people just fucking screaming just to go as they're like charging down at you and then well, last yeah, week we talked like, a little bit about about like the the great battle cries in edf yeah where like edf ha edf has its has its war songs where <laughs> everyone is chanting about how uh, the aliens attack and you're gonna fight the bugs back and chivalry just has inarticulate screaming well it's, they it's, they it's, do yeah there are other things there the my favorite I haven't used it that much, but I love that there is there's a because you can just press C to scream. C is like your your rotating scream. You just hit it and your guy goes. 
Um, you hit X, you can pull up like a radio menu that gives you a few Ooh. other options, like saying, oh, yes, no, go there. <laughs> and then there's one which is just variations on kill the archers. Because those archers got to die. Yeah, I hear archers are fucked in that game. I like, they're find they're really strong. I find they're a little bit different, though, depending. I don't know if it's faction based or what class you're playing, but I have noticed that some of the options are different. Like, I know when I was on Agatha, I had the option to, like, whinge or brown nose, I believe, were the ones that they had there. But I know when I was playing Mace, I think one was Goad, and I forget what the other option was. Uh, but yeah, it'll just be like some voice line pulled out for one of those. Um, it's a little different than that, like, not going to get too far into it, but like the Agathans are kind of um, the the Agathas are they're, they're basically like a, knight, a knightly order. They're blue team. And then like the lore of chivalry, big air quotes, because um, there's there's not much there. You don't really need that much there. Yeah, but they're they're like they're they're the, the established knighthood that rule that for generations ruled the country that they're in. And then the Mason Order, which is the red team, rose up, and they're a mix of like pe- like a peasant uprising combined with like nobles and disgruntled nobles and mercenaries. And so you get like, oh yeah, you get your established like paladin style knights mixed in with assholes, and then you have the other side, which is peasants who are sick of dying in foreign wars, mixed in with assassins and mercenaries who are going to torture villages. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. And that's where I think that that breakdown of the VO comes in, because yes, Brown Nose is like, "Oh my lord, it's wonderful to fight for the Agathans," and then the other side, which is just I probably uh, Mason calling someone, I don't know, a bad word, fucking bitch. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm shocked. I will say though, I think the battle cries as well. I. They like they are just mostly rotating different screams, but I do think there's been a point or two where I've gotten on a bit of a kill streak and I've hit it and my guy has shouted out something a bit different. I know there was one I think last night when we were playing where my guy was screaming about being fucking unkillable because I <laughs> was just stroking off a few different. De- I, that's Dominating. not the term I should use for that. Um, <laughs> oh, murder, murdering a few different. Well, I meant to say crossing them off, but I don't know. I something got all fucked up in my head as i said it yeah anyway yeah, you um, hate to get maybe. trapped by a pack of dudes in chivalry and you gotta you gotta stroke them off before they can uh <laughs> before they can stick you <laughs> oh no it's <laughs> only one way i can think of to get these guys to sheath their swords <laughs> you have to tire them out it, it'd be really cool if uh, they could like give you customized like battle cries because I would love a good re uh, battle cry. <laughs> change the change the audio for it. I don't that, know. I mean, that'd be a great option. Just, every, just everyone hit C at the same time and just this army of. You that can change bad. your voice and stuff, though. I will say oh, yeah. you can't change the voice. I don't know if like how. I think they want to do like crazy things like that though no, yeah because no. mordhow which is a game kind of like this um because chivalry one came out i don't know like six seven years ago and then mordhow came out like a year and a half ago and mordhow is very very similar but I, I've, I've said before like way more toxic and also like way more hacked like more oh, okay. like i haven't i haven't seen anyone yet in chivalry 2 hacking like oh that's nice i haven't like i've i've definitely seen people throwing like I've definitely I've definitely seen people uh in the final like get first place on Mason 
then so I get first place in Agatha, then switch to Mason to be the uh, the top guy, and then throw the match at the end. Just like run, just be be the Duke, the VIP, and then just run out and get slaughtered by the Agathens because that's a thing. Um, but like, I haven't seen really any cheating, and Mortau had that because they they did have a bunch of stuff open in that. Like, you could program you, if your character had a loot. You could essentially feed it a program song so that your dude could be playing "Never Gonna Give You Up" on the loot. <laughs> See, that's fun shit, though. See, yeah, I, I, I do enjoy fun shit like that. Yeah, I, I think it'd be cool if, like, I, I kind of like, I like, I don't really buy it, but I, I like the idea of DLC that gets into like the fun, like that kind of fun zone. So if they had like a DLC for you know a couple bucks that was a voice pack that just had like famous famous screams like you get your get your wilhelm scream you get your re uh you get your like you probably get your homer simpson in there that'll be a, a neat couple buck dlc yeah yeah i mean but... they already have a lot of armor sets and different skins for weapons so i wouldn't be surprised if that's something they eventually add see i do enjoy when a game uh does put in fun stuff like that but um i uh, it's kind of like uh a bit of a turn off when like they really focus on it like that's the only thing they really focus on, because um I personally think that's where Sea of Thieves kind of like uh met their de- uh kind of failed when they first launched. Remember, Sea of Thieves was supposed to be like their first like real big console seller back in the Xbox One days, but like it just didn't kind of take off as well as they wanted to. Like it's it's a good game, don't get me wrong, and it is popular nowadays because like they've done some really good updates over the years. But I've pers- Captain Jack Sparrow in it now. Yeah, really. I, I don't. I don't know how I feel about that, honestly. But I think, yeah, I, personally, that's just where Sea of Thieves kind of, uh, like, not failed, but just kind of like humbled. Yeah, yeah, went in the wrong direction. I think they just focused too hard on it. Well, I mean, there's like focus, no, yeah, there wasn't really much gameplay when it first came out. I mean, the gameplay situation is definitely a bit better now. I, oh, I yeah, also, I, now. I have some fun playing Sea of Thieves. I like getting together a group like, you know, you and IBs and like my boyfriend, maybe my brother and stuff will get on. We'll play that. And that's that that can be a fun time, be a chill time. It's oh, yeah, it's definitely a game that, you know, it, it it rides a line. I find rides fairly well between like being overly tedious simulation and just being a fun, goofy pirate game. Yeah. But I mean, they're, they still haven't really eased up on the, the monetization, though. I mean, there's still shit tons of extra DLC they're trying to get you to buy all the time. Like, they're not trying super hard, I guess I should say. Like, there's not, like, a ton in game that's like, hey, go look at the store and trying to, like, pressure you to buy stuff. But they're always putting out a ton of new stuff to try and sell to you. And I mean, yeah. some of it's fun, and I don't mind spending money on, like, buying myself a pet monkey that I can have. <laughs> that's pretty rad. I like that I can have a little, a little fucking, I don't know what, breed it was but a little monkey that i can carry around and just it doesn't really do anything but it's fun to have a monkey with you while you're adventuring on the on the seven seas or sea of thieves or whatever it is you know it's that's cool and that kind of falls into that fun sort of dlc thing like you were talking about Stu. but yeah i mean they've they've crammed it full i don't know i don't know if i'd be buying chivalry dlc though until they fix some of the fucking issues though (laughs) we we haven't talked about that yet we have to talk about that we have to we absolutely have to no bees okay here's the thing because this right here what we've talked about a lot of the good stuff now we're gonna really fucking bag on some shit 
Yeah, but oh, we yeah. Were, so far we've been talking about like a hundred like SS rank, like SSS rank game, like really great, perfect. Now, <laughs> now, we get in, now we get into the ass town, ass territory, yep. full F grade, and this is some weak shit. Because here's the thing, bees. So part of this I blame on Epic to an extent because I, or at least I feel like it almost has to be because. Their thing is, like, when you have games online that are on Steam, they integrate with all of Steam's friend online setup, right? Yeah. Like, there, there's a certain extent of that that gets integrated in for, for most online games on Steam. Every one was good, like, for this. Yeah. Everyone integrated with the friends list. You could play with a group. You and could play that's... with a clan. And this is part of where I think the issue with Chivalry 2 may have come from. I don't know for sure. I haven't done the research. I'll just say up front to cover my own ass before I start making claims. Because that that's what I'm about to do. But yeah, like I feel like they maybe had things set up for Steam's setup. And then Epic approached them. We're like, hey, here's some money. Yeah, here's Come some be money. on our storefront. And then they had to shift things around to be fitting Epic's shit. But Epic shit is weak sauce compared to fucking Steam, and that caused some issues. But even still, the UI that they have in-game for managing, like, you know, seeing what friends are online and then trying to connect and invite them to games or join their game is so busted and inconsistent. Mm. I mean, like, the UI isn't the greatest either, but I can almost forgive that if it were functional. But it's hella not <laughs> functional. Damn. It's no bees. You don't understand, though. Myself, our buddy Zoo, for those two uh, who've listened before and remember who Zoo is, our, our our cool music dude, and we got Dingo. And the three of us are online waiting for Stu to come on and join us to play. And all three of us check the social menu. We are all online in the game on the main menu. Yeah. The game will display whether you're online on Epic, whether you're online in-game, and then where, when you're in-game, whether or not you're in the main menus or you're in a match. And this is important because okay. all three of us, for the other two people, would see completely, wildly different results <laughs> when we view the social screen. Okay. I would view it, Dingo, he would be full-on offline. Not even online on Epic, just completely offline. While Dang. Zoo would be online, but not in-game. But Zoo... He would see Dingo online in the main menu, while I would only be online on Epic, but not in game. That that is pretty pretty odd, yeah. Like it's that's busted. pretty buggy. They, like there's some other bugs. There's some tweaks. Like so, so, not some tweaks, but there's some some quirks. Some quirks they could tweak. Like, like some of that I can forgive because, like I said, there's a lot of physics. There's a lot of mechanics. Uh, there, you can tell what things got the priority during the development process. And that's fine. That's how it should be. But, holy fucking hell, is it ever a pain in the ass to try and play with your friends? And for an online game, that's a pretty big issue. Yeah, yeah really. And especially for a game in which, and I don't think we specifically mentioned this, but it is really cool to have your friends back. It is really cool to see like your friend being pressured by a couple of people. Then you come up and stab a guy, and then your friend gets a big hit, and then like you clear them out, and you feel like heroes. And like yeah, that, that'd be sick. Yeah, that stuff well, is really fun. Even and then unfortunately, even... you go to invite your friend, and it says, "Oh, 
uh, Zoo rejected your your friend. Your, your, zoo rejected your party request. And I go, hey, Zoo. How dare you, Zoo. Did you get a party request? And he says, no. Oh. And then I send one to Dingo. And I'm like, did you get anything? He's like, no. Yeah. It's like sometimes it'll just auto fail immediately. Other times it'll just it'll just ghost like it didn't even happen. I have not once since getting it had a point where someone has sent me a friend or not friend request, but a, a game invite, and I have been able to accept it. it. It has never appeared for me once it has been sent. I think the very first time we played, like the very first set of matches, we were able to party up. Every yeah, other time, like ten minutes of playing around, trying to oh, man. do whatever we could to get this thing to work. It was like, okay, I'm gonna restarting the game, going into a game quickly, and then leaving. Yeah, <laughs> like, okay, I'll start the tutorial. I'll be in the tutorial. Can you guys see if you can invite me to your party while I'm in the tutorial? Okay, no. All right, I'll back out. I'll quit my game. I'll sh force shut down Epic. I'll restart the whole thing. Like. The only thing that worked was when you guys found that you can join the game of a, someone on your friends list or find the server that they're on. And those are really the only ways you can play with friends in this right now, at least on PC. I don't know if it's fucked on consoles, but uh, it's real bad. That kind of reminds me of uh, Dead by Daylight's like UI back in the day. It's a lot better now, but yeah, back in the day, it was just really like, it's basically like how you were describing it. Like it took like yeah, ten minutes just to set up a fucking lobby. Uh, when you finally did get in lobby, queue times would be forever. Sometimes one of us would crash mid uh, queue up, but like it wouldn't tell us they crashed. So we're sitting there for like ten minutes. Why are we not finding a game? Oh, it's because he left. Oh man, yeah, I I do feel for you guys in that department. Oh man, <sighs> but. If only it, it wasn't so good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, once it comes to Steam, like, watch, these social issues never get fixed. It comes out on Steam, and the game's just fucking, like, every issue is just oh, gone. Man. Oh, God. Yeah, so I think from all of us, the general recommendation is it's a great core. At the core, it's a great game. Maybe you don't get it at Epic yet. <laughs> Yeah, you know, maybe wait a year. I think it will eventually be on Steam, and then hopefully it's gone its shit together. Or if you're like me, and you just had a random, I don't know why I have this epic fifteen dollar gift certificate. Use that, and yeah. Well, that was yeah. the thing that made it feel just a little bit better for me was when I logged into the because I had set up a new account because I never really used it, although apparently I had an old account from at some point. I It might have been some old game that I played or something that used Epic service before they were really pushing for the store or something, but as soon as I logged in, they were like, oh, control is free. And I'm like, well, I kind of meant to try that. And if it's free, why not? I just install it and I can give it a, a little play around and see if I like it enough to maybe like get it on Steam or something. Uh, but yeah, they gave me like a free like $14 coupon for having gotten that, which I went and just turned around and used to buy chivalry uh, and just make that purchase even cheaper on me, which was kind of nice, but uh, you know, it's not going to keep me coming back to the platform. That's for damn sure. Yeah, uh, it kind of reminds me of when Apex jumped ship from, well, I shouldn't say jump ship, but um, when Apex was available on Steam, because uh, before it was only available on Origin, but once it became available on Steam, literally everyone I knew jumped ship and oh, yeah. went to Steam because it, yeah, it's just way better. 
as long as they keep, I mean, I'm sure they have it on their own servers, as long as they keep like all the progress and yeah, exactly. Unlocks, oh, yeah, that's yeah. what they did there too. Yeah, because all yeah. the progress transferred over. I guarantee Chivalry will is a is a good game now. I guarantee whenever it gets off of Epic and somewhere else, it will be an excellent game. On that note, though, it's time we talk about some other some other excellent things that we appreciate and enjoy here in our, our shout-out corner. Okay. <laughs> I was I was very <laughs> that was a very tepid response to that segue, Dingo. <laughs> I'm, I'm just waiting for you to volunteer to go I, first. Oh, oh. I mean, oh, I don't really man. have anything unique. Like the only thing I could think of is like I've been uh, the Resident Evil chapter in Dead by Daylight uh, recently came out. If you're a big, if you're a fan of those games, uh, I do recommend checking out that uh, Dead by Daylight is a really fun game. I'm kind of cheating, I know, but I don't not really sure what else to say. That's fair. I yeah, I don't know. Like that's part of the problem, Dingo. Like I, I've been doing a lot interesting lately. I've been working. I've been drawing. That's been basically my life. Uh, I don't know, man. I guess the thing yeah. you can shout out the thing you're doing tomorrow. I don't know if this is going to be out by tomorrow, but you could still go for it. You know, I guess that's fair. Uh, I don't know. I I feel like that's a little bit getting into it's like real shameless self promotion, I guess. But you know what, do you know, I'm going to spin it around. Do do something you enjoy. Get get a fun hobby or like, especially you have that thing, particularly creatively, like really, really talking to, to that, that creative group. You know, if you've been really get like wanting to do more writing or do more drawing or, you know, sculpting or 3D modeling or something like just just do it. And don't don't biggest thing I can say is don't do it for for like social media don't do it for clicks don't do it for views don't do it for you know anything else like just do it for yourself because like that's been a big struggle for me is like i you know it's it's a natural thing with a lot of people you want to go and you want to show your art off to other people and stuff like that you, you know that leads you to worrying about you know is it good enough does it look good enough is it you know good enough to be you know seen by other people but one of the biggest things i've been doing lately is just trying to sketch more and just doing it from an angle of I don't really care about this. I don't care who sees it. I'm just kind of doing what I want to do and just experimenting and trying things and just doing whatever I want to do for the fun of it. And I've been funny enough through that doing it more often. And that's been more and more practice, which has been helping me get better and get more confident with it. And it's, it's cool. And I recommend that. And I'm going to, I guess, use that as a springboard to now start to basically promote some more of the art stuff. Cause <laughs> Uh, as some folks uh, who have maybe listened to more of our show in the past will have recalled, uh, there's a, a friend of ours, JC, who's been on with us a few times. Um, he also goes by the name uh, Self Aware Moose on Instagram. Does some really, really great art there. Definitely go check him out. I don't know if he's doing commissions right now. I would maybe just check his, his profile and see. Uh, but he's on there. I think he's also on Reddit as well. But he and I are actually going to be starting up doing some uh, art streams here soon. Uh, looking at streaming some stuff on Twitch to do uh, like some group drawing together. Because that's another thing I'll recommend, I guess, to tack on and make this a little bit more of a full recommendation as well. Just doing doing creative stuff with other people can be a lot of fun too. Like we tend to look at it as a very like personal pursuit, a very like solo pursuit. But there's a lot of like. 
man, doing like group drawing, this service we use called Aggie.io, which I, I guess that's what I'll really tack on to the recommendation here to make this something to, to really recommend people try. If you like doing illustration on computer, like with tablet especially, man, Aggie.io is cool. It's a website you go to and you can basically start up uh, like in-browser drawing and it works like very much like a light version of a lot of traditional drawing software like Paint Tool Sci or Krita or Clip Studio Paint. Uh, but without a lot of the extra frills and a lot of the extra like brush types and, you know, it, it has, it's, it's kind of, uh, skimmed down very, I wouldn't quite say bare bones, but it's very basic. We used to get a lot of the staples like you get layers, you get, you know, clipping groups, you get, uh, you know, all, all the different like selection tools and like editing, like, you know, the, the Photoshop basics basically. Right. And a little bit more on top of that. It's, it's good. It has, you know pressure sensitivity for you know like brush scaling and stuff like that while you're you're uh drawing and doing like brush strokes and stuff it's really nice works well with tablets it's quite good but the big thing of course is that you can use that and then have other people join your drawing with you on your the same like basically project or, or uh, oh see that's cool that you're working on yeah like and google you, docs of art basically yeah <laughs> in, in a way everyone gets their own set of layers that they can work with and you get to draw together and it's it's been a lot of fun because yeah like jc and i or moose and i uh he and i have been having a lot of fun doing that lately and that's what we're going to be doing we have a twitch account that we're going to start streaming off of uh we are called uh, we want to draw and that's what we're going to do we're going to go on and we're going to draw stuff together maybe we'll take some requests we're probably going to do some theme nights might do some other fun stuff, uh, you know, just just whatever kind of fun, interesting challenges or, or other things we can do to kind of just have fun doing art together. And that that's the biggest thing. Go go have fun doing art together with your friends. And definitely come check us out and check out my Twitter at Bigby the Wizard uh, for updates on the streams and when all that's going to be happening. It's a pretty all right. solid recommendation. All right, Dingo. I've given a recommendation now. Now it is your turn. Fair enough. And I gotta say, in all the episodes I've been a part of, I can't believe I have not talked about this yet. Oh, are you gonna rec- just recommend Gundam? Well, well, oh, a specific series. A specific the okay. park. Yeah. So this last week. I was a little bored with nothing to watch, and so I decided to rewatch Mobile Suit Gundam, the AFMS team. This is a smaller oh. series. It's only like 12 episodes. Okay. It, it's hard to talk about it in terms of like where it is in the timeline, but it's not relevant. Essentially, all you need to know, you know, there's a war between people that are living in space and the people that are living on Earth, and you just follow this one squad while they are fighting on earth during this huge one year war. And it's, it is very much one of the more popular series in the franchise for it being shorter, very well recommended. And I would, I'm going to recommend it here because it is very good. Good stuff. Oh, interesting. Is one of the things that it does differently. I will add is that in a lot of the series in the franchise, they make the protagonist essentially this ace with this, you know, badass machine that just wrecks all the peons. They take it from a different angle where it essentially follows a squad that are 
they're they're good pilots, but they're not on that level. That's fair. I like stuff that's not like you know the protagonist isn't just like immediately the best at everything that they're doing, at least for what's relevant for the plot. Because yeah, that that can get kind of old. Yeah, because I, I was seeing that. Yeah, cause this was like an OVA series they did. Yeah. So I, I'd be interested. Like, is the animation quality particularly good? Because I know yeah. some, especially older OVAs. Oh, nice. Yeah, like I mean, the series came out. I think was mid nineteen nineties. It's still pretty good for the time, and would, even by today. Hmm. I might have to check it yeah. out. I'll say I'm not like the most well versed on Gundam, but I I should check out more Gundam. It's it's always a series I've meant to kind of look a bit more into because mechs are pretty sweet. I can understand why you would like. I understand your your love for it, Dingo, for sure. Yes. Um, but. I think the most Gundam I've really ever watched was back in college when we were. I was trying to talk to you about recommendations. You recommended Double O, and I watched a good chunk of that. But I, I might check this out. This looks cool. Yeah, like other than like what I've said, you don't need to know too much about the background. It's gonna either be explained or it's not that relevant to understanding what's going on. And it's just a very good series. Well, Stu, what do you what do you got <laughs> for us this week? Mm-hmm. So I mentioned briefly last week um, that I was in the midst of doing some rereading of Anne Leckie's Ancillary series. Um, so I finished that up. Uh, I got through the last. I got through the three books in the last week and a bit, and uh, I would say it's it's a really really good sci-fi series. Um, it frays a little bit in the in the third book. I think because the third book and the second book take place in the same location generally, and I, I kind of wanted I kind of wanted the series to spread out a little bit more than it did, but it's still really really good. Um, at its core, the first book, Ancillary Justice, um, is about the last remaining um, component of a ship who is a, essentially going on a revenge mission. Um, so it's in a in an intergalactic world where humanity has spread out so far that everyone seems to think that oh maybe maybe our planet was the planet place that humans originally came from it's one of the things where like oh yeah earth has faded it like well past myth and into just obscurity there are humans everywhere and there's one very powerful human empire called uh the rack like it's kind of like r-a-a-d-c-h and they have a number of ships called Justice, Swords, and Mercies that are AI-controlled, and they have humanoid components to them called ancillaries. Essentially a human that they've mind-jacked to interface with the ship, such that whoever that human was before is kind of overridden by the personality of the ship. And so the ship has all these essentially human appendages that it uses to walk around, talk to people, do tasks. And the main character, um, named Justice of Torn One-esque, uh, is the last part of the ship. All other parts of the ship have been destroyed, and she is essentially, again, on this revenge mission to get back um, to do some damage to the the person and persons who did this to her. And so the first book is split across 
you know, it's split across the, the, the current present timeline and the events that led up to the ship being destroyed and this last segment of it being left. Um, so it's the, the thing that really drew me in on it is that the writing is the writing is really like culturally descriptive without getting really navel gazy, um, which I would accuse, you know, the, the g- fantasy giants of uh, like Robert Jordan and like Tolkien. If you've ever read a fantasy book in which a pair, it just breaks off for a paragraph to just talk about some dude's hat. Um, <laughs> that's where you can get into the fantasy and sci-fi. All right. There is too much detail. I don't need to know about the belts of the people in this town that the characters are going to be in for one day and have nothing happen to them in. Um, it's the series is the series is very concerned with why things are important to the people, the peoples of the cultures that are shown in the three books. Um, and specifically, like, why do people why do people view tea as really important in this culture? Why do people view the concept of civilized versus not civilized really importantly? And it does some it does some interesting stuff with having most of the characters speaking in the main language of the rag, and but noting as they're talking in that language that there's only one pronoun in that language. So every time they talk to someone who's of like a different civilization, they have to really ca- they have to be careful about how they use pronouns in that because there's there's only the one in theirs. They have to be really con- they have to really really think around using the word civilized because the word civilized and citizen and human essentially all mean the same same thing in their language. So calling someone uncivilized is akin to calling someone non-human, and it's it's really good. It's it like Anne Lucky does really really well at building you into a world. Um, she's written a couple other novels, including a pretty uh, a pretty good uh, fantasy book called The Raven Tower. Um, but yeah, like the ancillary series is really good. Um, I recommend it if you want to get into something that's you know it's it's not that it's going to make you like constantly put it down. And go, mm, I wonder about that. But there's honestly some interesting there's some interesting social stuff going on in the books um, and. Yeah, I just I read it originally, really liked it. Read it again now, and still really like it. So, I'd say, at the very least, you could probably find the first book fairly easily, and then if you if you like what it has, then I'd say check out the others. Sounds pretty good. It does sound really interesting. It is nice to hear, yeah, like a book recommendation every now and then because I I do want to get into reading more. Yeah, it's it's got an interesting plot book, and I like the the world development type stuff. I like I like that sort of world building and yeah like that definitely is a thing that some creators uh can get pretty lost in in terms of the details. I find like I don't know for me like some of those visual details I I would consider a lot more I think just because I tend to work more from a visual angle. So having in all of those details visually like you you can include a lot of small details visually without it becoming like overly complicated i mean you can obviously overcomplicate a design but like you know the kinds of belts and clothing and stuff like getting into the nitty-gritty of trying to determine that you you can do that and convey it visually without it having to necessarily like take up a bunch in the plot like you can convey that sort of uh more subtly than you can with written fiction because of how you have to is explicitly describe everything right yeah what you choose to explicitly describe 
you know, that's going to shape the experience of how you take in that whole piece of work. So you mm. have to kind of be very, very choosy about what you do and don't describe, I guess, right? And what you, uh, uh, I guess, ascribe words to in a way. Yeah. And I will say in, in Ancillary Justice, when they do talk about, when they do talk about things when when it becomes important for for the for characters' clothing to be remarked upon, like the main characters get to a station and they're on they're on their way along their path, and they're suddenly within like Radchai space, so they need to start con- at least one of them needs to start conforming more to the social norms of that group, and so it goes into all right they they do have a lot of money so now they need to o- overcome not, not really overcome but deal with people at high-end stores being shitty to them with the, oh, should you really, like, uh, do you really, are you sure this is within your budget? And kind of painting an image of the society from that level. And yeah, I do agree that, you know, it, it, it can be really nice to get a, to get a, like a view of a location. Like I always really enjoy internally like visualizing characters and thinking, like thinking about them and their place. And we'll usually, well, you just kind of construct what I what I think things look like, and you can go too far in either direction. You can go the, all right, this I yes, they're wearing clogs. Thank you. Um, I don't need to know that the hobnails on the clogs are of a bluish metal. That's that that's a little <laughs> much. You're you're not really giving me anything in exchange for that. And then the then there's the other side in which um you have books which have main characters who don't have any description of them other than dark eyebrows. And so you're working with a pretty much blank canvas, but I, I kind of like the, the balance that and Lecky struck where you're, you're left with the characters themselves. And then when, when she brings in these notes about culture and clothing um, and a lot of visual elements relating them to how the characters are existing with them, like very, very directly in the case of um, the main in case of the main character, very directly because um, she was part of a ship and is it strictly speaking, uh, at least from what most cultures in that universe would consider to be human? And so it's a constant, similar to uh, to Murderbot, another series I love, the the constant checking on, am I being human enough in this moment? And going, ah, yes, I I need to react now. I oh, I I need to keep myself a little blank, but not so blank that I'm expressionless because I don't want to look like a robot. So, okay. Yeah, that that stuff I all find is really well written. Mm-hmm. So yes, no, that's fine. That pretty cool. Go read those books, especially read Murderbot. I really yeah. like and Lucky series. Murderbot's better. Murderbot's like a, an A plus. I love it. Well, what do you think, bees? I think on that note. Yeah, I think on that note we can wrap her up. Yeah, that's the end of episode 32. Thanks for coming to join us, folks. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Always appreciate having you boys. Yeah. Fun again. Anytime. <laughs> oh, boy. Until Bly gets rid to... of one of us. Or both. <laughs> or both. <laughs> Tune in next week for episode 33 is just Fly. Everyone else is dead. Her vengeance is <laughs> the fly. Strong. Yeah. <laughs> Do not appreciate me throwing her off the balcony. <laughs> so you did throw her off the balcony. I mean, he admits she didn't fall. 
Alex said the action of throwing is doable, but whether or not she falls or goes anywhere because of my action is yet to be seen. I guess have to tune in next week on the next episode about Man <laughs> here to find out. But before we we really step out the door, big thank you to our buddy Zoo uh, Blackbird Bell for the use of our intro and outro music. Yeah, he's he's really uh, a great guy. He's a good musician. You should go check him out on uh, SoundCloud, uh, Bandcamp, Spotify, Twitter as well. Absolutely. We have a Twitter. If you didn't know that, Swell Shop. And yeah. you can find us on Twitter as well at Balcony underscore Banter. Our good old good old flies keeping that going as as always and. I won't shout out my Twitter because I did earlier in the episode already, and I cannot bring myself to be that shameless in the single episode. <laughs> but I think this is goodbye. Yeah, until, I think that wraps it up for now. Until next week, folks. Stay hydrated. <laughs> yes, very much so.